Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. What's good, kids? Welcome in to episode 46 of the Grease Pole Podcast. Appreciate you starting another work week here with me on the pod. Follow along on IG at Grease Paul Podcast, on Twitter at Grease Paul Pod. Every episode is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which is where new episodes drop each and every Monday. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend if they're an Eagles fan, so on and so forth. Appreciate you taking part. What a what a what an interesting episode this is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be fun, depending on what uh what end of the spectrum you fall on the uh the Howie Roseman incident the latest one that dropped in our laps on friday afternoon uh but before we get into that justin new gear freaks drops tomorrow we've got tourney talk gear madness has been super lit and we finally got clark came through to talk stars with us so we finally could get our thoughts out there on those damn sweaters we've been biting our tongues like you know, we alluded to it a bunch. Yeah. Like, yo, we don't like this thing. We don't, there's there's a reason we don't like A. Right. But we've always been vague as fuck on the star sweaters. We needed to drop it in his face. We, he had to, yeah, he <laughs> had to know. <laughs> he had to know. The great thing is, I, I'll, I'll say this for anybody who plans on listening to the episode. Usually, we soften when we have a guest. Yes. We soften on the team and we're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. You sold us. Generally speaking, you know, it's real. Right, right. Equally as real is the fact that Clark did not move us at all. Nope, the meter, the meter did not change. We still hate the logo. It's still the worst. It's awful. It. it I don't want to give away. To, I probably gave away too much there, uh, inadvertently. But again, those man, those sweaters, the stars, currents are so close. So close, man. Like, like all around. Like, yeah. Even, even the the blackouts are really. Oh my close. god, dude! The blackouts. 
the blackouts want to be elite. They want to, and yeah. I want them to. Dallas is like, nah. We have to. We have to be the stars, though. We have to. We have to create perfection and then mess up the crest it's always. Close. Dude, it is. It is. It like they wore. I think they wore the blackouts. I want to say Saturday night when I was watching pucks, because that's normally like my Saturday night. I'll go and I'll cut on the games. And the Flyers, surprisingly enough, actually opened the weekend off with a dub. And I, oh. I was so shocked. Especially like sometime last week, we were in Discord. And I'm like four one to us, dude. What's happening? Well, it, not even that. Not even the Devils weren't our total kryptonite the last two weeks. It's been the fucking Rangers, Randy's goddamn Rangers, <laughs> because two weeks ago they beat us. Uh, dude, they dropped the. It was, the, gross. It was like nine to nothing. Yeah. I think they dropped a touchdown, an extra point, and a fucking safety on us. Ugh. And then last week, I it was eight to three. I want to believe. Hmm. So when Saturday came. It was like, okay, we're playing the Rangers at one. Like, had some runarounds to do on Saturday. We just got a grill. Uh, so my guy Jason, sweater hookup, uh, took me to – I met up with him at Restaurant Depot to go because you can just load up on its restaurant. Like, you can buy food in bulk. Oh. So, oh, dude, happy. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And it was like, well, what time are we going to meet? Like, you're doing me this favor, so I'm on your schedule. What mm. are you – it was like, we can meet up in the morning, man, like 11 o'clock, noon, whatever. I was like, because I'm not in a rush to get home for puck drop. Like, I mean, I guess I'd like to see it, but yeah. if I miss a period, man, sitting in tunnel traffic, I'm not super bummed out. Yeah. And we won. We beat the Rangers of all teams. So the, the key is being lackadaisical. Just not, not caring. caring. Not, not running around and making sure you do everything you have to do in time for puck drop like a, like a good, a proper fan does. Uh-huh. You know, just to get your heart ripped out and shit on every week. Just don't care. Just don't Be care. Be laissez-faire and get there when you get there, and maybe the squad shows up. Maybe they do. <laughs> well, it's funny because <laughs> we were talking earlier in the season uh, how every time we played y'all, like, it was tight. Yeah. And then at the end, y'all were like, oh, yeah, we're a hockey team. <laughs> Goal. Every- it took us 48 minutes to realize, oh, shit, <laughs> we're, we're not on the bus anymore. <laughs> we should probably do something. Uh, and that has been like the way they've been playing. I guess the forever. shit is coming. Yeah, like when when you, when you think of it that way, dude, like taking forever to put us away. Yeah, well, it like we were. The orange and black was fine until the COVID thing happened, and then it's like everything started to rear its head. Matt Niskanen retiring suddenly becomes the equivalent of fucking Bobby Orr retiring <laughs> suddenly. Our defense is shot. Carter Hart looks like ass. He's now a healthy scratch for two games. Yeah, he got shellacked the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Moose is completely mind-fucked, Brian Elliott. So, And then there's, oh, by the way, the way the Flyers have played in the offensive end of the ice for the last, like, 20 years. It doesn't matter who's wearing the sweaters. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It's the same shit all the time. So that's maddening as hell. But, yeah. Win started the weekend off super well on Saturday. So I was sitting there watching pucks Saturday night, and the stars were rocking the blackouts. I can't remember who they were playing. Didn't matter. And I got really excited for a minute, and then I realized, oh, wait. So but, close. It's so far away. But they they took the regular one and somehow managed to make it worse. <laughs> how? With, with all and awesome how? Colors. Like, how? You have so many things you could have done here that would have worked. Leave it blank, and I'm I'm in, dude. Right? 
Seriously. Like, I mean, better than That's what they've it. done. That's it. It, 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 it. It's a shit stain. It's, it's like when you, dude, it's so bad. It's like when you wipe and you wipe and you wipe, but it's still there and you feel like you're wiping a marker. It won't go away. <laughs> just, please. That's what, <laughs> right. Like, that's what that damn logo is. It's, it, it hinders everything. I just, I, oh, God. When you think about how I, we're praising a Dallas Stars jersey. I know. I can't believe I'm saying anything good about Dallas ever but in any way. It's, but I have to acknowledge the excellence potentially. The potential, like, and it it goes like it could be easily top four. Five, oh, dude, easily one hundred percent. Yes, and I honestly like not even trying to jab <laughs> at Clark or anybody. It's bottom five because of how angry I am about what they've done. Because they botched it so bad, and our guy Clark was bummed out when the stars didn't make the Gear Madness tourney. It's like, come but on. it's not us. Like we didn't put we that didn't logo that. there. If you didn't jack that up, you would have been, like you said, not just in the tourney, one of the 16 in the NHL region. You'd have been up there. Yeah. Top half for sure, easily. Easily. Especially those blackouts. Oh, my God. The blackouts would have been probably a top four seed. How do you F that up so badly? But they, Right. It's them. It's not us. We want them to be in there. I would love to finally just drop the hate. Of the Dallas Stars, yes, it, 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 I would love. I was able to do it with the Avalanche. I was able right. to do it with the Rangers. I mean, <laughs> I still not, love the Rangers, but yeah, the, the, I still don't like the arrogance of the the <laughs> the crooked name. I don't really care for Except that. For we keep going. We keep suggesting. You know what? Maybe everybody else should. Yeah, do that. but it's okay when the it's okay when the Carolina Hurricanes do it <laughs> on their alternates. Then it's okay. But the team that established that is like a watermark. Is not. It looks like shit when they do it. I hate when you do it, but I like when the former Whalers do it. We even mentioned that <laughs> Dallas should consider that. We did. We did. They should. But because in our defense there, too, anything would look better anything. than what the hell they've got. Well, except for the skull thing. Oh, Jesus. Do I forget. Again. Yeah, not the galaxy. Not the Orion's belt that somehow goes around like a bull's head. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with that. I mean, bulls, Texas, I guess, rodeo. But can we keep that? We've already, yeah, we have a steer on the Houston Texans helmet. And you know what? That looks equally as stupid. Very much so. Because the Texans, first of all, they were doomed immediately. Oh, yeah. You don't name a team in Houston the Texans. No. That is dumb as fuck, man. I, I get you're trying to nod to history. Whoa, you know, right. The Texans. Don't. don't. Be, yeah. Please don't beat us over the head Just with don't. it. And then you put this, you not only steer head on the helmet, state flag in the steer head. Too much. It's gross, man. I'm out. <laughs> it's so, yeah, like and stop. And they haven't changed their uniforms at all since David Card rocked them. Right, because he almost died in these, and you didn't think, you know what we should maybe do? Switch it up a little bit so they're not like an accomplice to murder. Can we, uh, God bless it, like, <laughs> that, oh, it, like, the more I think about them being called the Texans, the more upset I get. Oh, it's hideous. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's unnecessary. And what's funny in is, Houston. right, like, we, we we couldn't tell. You play in Houston. We had no idea. You know? Can we call oh, Jesus Christ? You're in Houston. Can we the Rockets, and, the Astros, right. anything? Go back to the Oilers. Any of these are acceptable. That's what it needed to be. They missed the boat there. Not at least going back to that Oilers color scheme. I know. Like, how do you not? As how much as as much that everybody loved the Oilers. Everybody Everyone. did. Who? 
name me one person who hates the Oilers. I don't know anybody. How could you? The, right. It's not. It, it, they should not Morning, exist. Earl Campbell. Like, dude. Just to name two. Haywood Jeffries. Come on. You know? They were such a fun team to watch, and they had the love you, the love you blue deal going on even back in the Earl Campbell days with Dan Pastorini, Bum Phillips. <laughs> that was a head coach's name. Good for him, Bum. <laughs> and he was a bum. Uh, he wore a cowboy hat on the sideline, <laughs> like. But he because know what he wasn't a Houston Texan, right? God, you bless. know, like you could tell by looking at him. That that's kind of what he was. You didn't have to name the entire franchise after this shit. You didn't shit. have to go out there and go, yo. Yeah. Hey, the, by the way, in case like, you forgot. I see your hat. <laughs> we, cool. can, we can tell. You look like you smell like wintergreen. <laughs> so we talked to Clark about the stars. I didn't mean to derail you. Here. No, it's all good. I am excited anytime I can talk Houston Oilers. Texans, God bless you. Dude, them too. Them too. And you know what sucks is their gear, when they first became a thing in 2002, I, take the helmet out of it. Mm-hmm. The jersey, I was like, yo, that's not bad. Right. I mean, it's very of its time, but exactly. at the time, it's like, yeah, okay. 2002 as fuck. Yeah. But we're 20 years later. And you have done nothing. Not a thing. And J.J. Watt wore those, and I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. I hate that dude. I don't know anybody. Well... I, I can't I stopped paying attention so much to them specifically yeah. in the NFL that I can't name any other players. They're not my my mother once called them the team nobody cares about. Because who would? <laughs> They've never been anything. Nope. And the times they're the that, Texans. <laughs> when they were close, they remembered, oh, this is what we are. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be here. You know? <laughs> much like Rhodes, did he end up there? Dude, yeah. So he did. Uh, I mean, they've had, they've had players over the years, but it, they've never amounted to anything. They had a receiver really. that was like Andre yeah, Johnson. That's right, Andre Johnson, and he, he was, was like, awesome. Let me out. I'm done. He, he got into a fight one time with Cortland Finnegan of the Tennessee Titans, and it was fucking amazing. I hate them. They are the bane of my existence. I hate that team. I hate their existence. The fact that they used to be the Oilers. Mm-hmm. And they're now those fucking things. And that team what exists. They that, that, they exist just to be in the way every year in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. And in the conference, I don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. And not to be fantasy nerd here, but of all weeks for Derrick Henry to not show up for your boy this year, <laughs> it was championship week. You, like, know, you know, I'm just going to sit down money on the line. And it's like, oh, snow game. This is perfect. They're not going to be throwing it all over the yard. Aaron Rodgers comes out and throws three touchdowns. And within the blink of an eye, Tennessee's down. And I'm like, oh, fuck, they're not going to be running a lot. They have to pass now. <laughs> I'm call. fucked. I am fucked. Tennessee. Thanks again for getting in my way. Titans. That's all they've ever done is just interfere with life. I mean, you know, good for McNair. No, not good for him because I love he's McNair. But... I did too, and he's dead because he was a Titan. That was really fucked up. <laughs> God bless. I can't believe that's the thing I just said because he was totally a Raven after he was a Titan, and they're they're redeemable. Um, they're the best run team in the NFL. So if anything, 
they uh, they probably kept him alive. But at one point, he was a Titan, and he took them to the Super Bowl. For a very long time. He took Jeff Fisher to the Super Bowl. That guy. Wow. The human cigarette. I mean, he did get to be there forever because of McNair. Right. That, <laughs> that was all, He made so much money off of that gig because, oh, well, he did it one time. No, he did not. He did not. McNair was like, yeah. The quarterback you guys killed did it. Yeah. I need to stop with that. But I mean. Apologies way, to the McNair people. Did. Yeah, no, I mean, they on did. The field, like he, I mean, he was literally carrying that team. Most yes, of the time. yeah, dude. They had, and then they had that wonky Music City Miracle thing against Buffalo. Yeah, that just, uh, I mean, come on, really? That started Buffalo's like, it, well, it didn't start the curse because the four Super Bowl losses happened before that, mm-hmm. but it didn't help them. Rob Johnson was the quarterback of that Bills team, by the way. So maybe they Oof. fucked themselves. <laughs> that guy. That's who we're going to get to replace Jim Kelly. And, and well, there was a, a carousel there after Kelly. There was. Van Pelt. Oh, Jesus Christ. Alex Van Pelt. Yep. Todd Collins. Todd Collins, number five. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Like, now I can't. Rob Johnson, obviously, you mentioned. Flutie Flakes was a phenomenon for a little while. Yeah, he had a minute because first it was San Diego, and then he ended up mm-hmm. having the bigger years in With Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, and Bill, they were. It was fun to watch that little guy run around because even then, he looked like he was fifty six years old. Yeah, you know, like he was like Steve Deberg running around. But Steve Deberg had been around since like seventy eight. Doug Flutie had not been. No. Why do they look the same? He he came out of nowhere because he had. Yeah. He basically had retired essentially, I think, and then right. he made the Chargers, and it's like, okay, this is a fun story. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll bring little guy in, yeah. and then he ends up getting cereal made, you know? <laughs> uh, Bledsoe in Buffalo. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. and those awful unis. The, that when they first switched to the CFLs. Yep. Fuck, that's right. Why those unis? Those that color scheme, how do you, again, how do you mess it up? The Bills had always had good stuff until they did that, and that was just so offensive. On so, like none of it was good. Not the homes, not the roads, none of it. Just, none of it was good. I, like two minutes before we went on, I said, "I promise, I won't derail you." We said, "You know what? Let's keep it short, <laughs> so Let so that I, I can get in here and bitch about uh, all of the things there are to bitch about as an Eagles fan." Before I get out of the way, just in case, yes. key lime pie. It's, it's, Thanks, pal. I, I'm not sure if you have it anywhere. I did before we started, and now I'm just really angry about the Bills, like <laughs> mid 2000s gear that I can't even see straight right now. Bledsoe. So yeah, fucked it up. They ruined his career. They didn't murder him like the Titans did, but they they that was Mo Lewis for Drew Bledsoe. But, you know what I'm going to do over here while while you're doing your draft thing? Yep, I'm going to be looking up Bills quarterbacks after Kelly. <laughs> just so we have something in, I, after one of them is jp lossman oh god that i i can remember because we were just talking about his sorry ass at work the other day he was a first round pick out of tulane yeah man and bills fans ch- yeah bills fans tried to talk themselves into him and it's like he's not he's not going to be what you want him to be what was old boy well this would have been much later later old boy who p- was from here uh tyrod yeah, but yeah. that was much later. I played against him in high school because he played uh he played for Hampton High and uh they beat the fuck out of us. <laughs> because I mean 
That'll be coming up on. Uh, he made it to the NFL. Eventually. Yeah, dude. Local seven five seven high school unis. I cannot wait to delve into those though. I know we're kind of like that's going to be a niche episode, but if you live around here, yeah, you're going to dig it, dude. I can't wait to talk Kickatans, my uh, my alums unis, because they do not what they're wearing now does not look like what your boy rocked twenty years ago, and I feel like Clint Eastwood guy. <laughs> You know, Get off my lawn. yeah, like, well, Kickatan was synonymous, like the the, the spear logo, mm-hmm. the Florida State, whatever. And now they have like a K logo that has like feathers. And I'm like this. It's too much. I don't want to be back in my day, guy. But you've done it wrong. But our shit was way better than this. This looks like fucking shit. This helmet. What did you do? What have you done? What did you do? Like it, it. Kickatan used to have sweet gear. Like I remember they had, they got a gear overhaul when I was there, and it was like the coolest thing in the world, dude. Yeah, it was so cool. I was like, oh my god, we got new unis. But it was really weird because the homes were a different style than the roads. Oh well, boo. And it didn't. Yeah, not right? very uniform. Yeah, none, not at all. Not the complete <laughs> opposite of what the root word is. And what's weird is, what's funny is, like there is no. Spoiler alert, there's no, in Hampton and Newport News, there is no Homer Road Games because all Hampton schools play at Darling Stadium. Yep. We share a home yep. field. Everybody in Newport News plays at Todd's. Todd, yep. So it's it's it was always funny to be like, oh, road game at Darling. <laughs> you know? At least three games a season. Right. Like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess we're wearing the whites this week, which I was actually like partial to the whites because they had – that very early 2000s original Titans thing where, it, like, they were white and they were green on the shoulders down the sleeves. Mm-hmm. Green numbers, black-like outline, like, highlight, like the Lakers numbers. Yeah. And they look dope, but I like their greens, too. I don't want to get – because I can <laughs> I can get down a rabbit hole on some Kickatan gear, <laughs> but I will save that for the 757 high school version of Gear Freaks. As always, follow at Gear Freaks Pod. On IG and Twitter, new episodes of the Gear Freaks podcast are available every Tuesday on all podcast platforms. Justin, if you could do me a solid and smack me in the face with a draft sounder as if it were nine inches elliptic, as the NWA would say, um, I will say this. It, it will never get one of the easiest things. God, it sounds so good. We are officially a month away from the draft, by the way, kids. It is March 29th today, and day one of the NFL draft is on April 29th. So we are officially a month out. Happy, happy. One of the cool things about doing an Eagles podcast is that there there is no shortage of things to talk about, right? Because there's typically some sort of – Especially since this podcast's inception almost a year ago, there is typically some chaos going around surrounding this team. And therefore, it makes it really easy to have something to come on here every week and chop it up about. So the idea was going into this week, I was going to break down, you know, film nerd style, the difference between Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, right? And kind of given, because I've started to think, okay, are we, am I starting to lean Kyle Pitts instead of Jamar Chase? Like, what am I, so I started doing the self-evaluation, breaking it down, and that was going to be 
this episode because that had become the hot Twitter debate, the hot Instagram debate, the hot everything debate amongst Eagles fans is where do you go? What's your preference between these two guys? Because these are the guys that you're seeing in mocks. These are the guys that everybody wants in the fan base. Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase. And that entire debate that has raged over Twitter and Eagles social media amongst this fan base has been raging for the past couple weeks is officially now for nothing, for absolutely nothing, because Friday afternoon, the news breaks, as we've expected uh, for the last, shit, three months. We're picking at six overall. Not anymore. About Friday afternoon, get the alert coming in. It was kind of a slow day at work. Doing my thing around the warehouse. I get the alert on my phone. I take it out of my pocket. I look at it. Birds have traded back to the 12th overall pick. And my initial reaction was why, (laughs) right? And that's because, I, you know, as a human being, I think most of us are probably resistant to change. I know that's one of my quirks um, is that I'm I'm very much a structured, you know, regimented type person, right? So I, I've had in my mind, okay, we're picking at six forever. You know, you plan out what you're going to do for the pod too as well based on where you're going to draft and things of that nature. You have episodes planned, guests planned. And so when you find out the carpets you pulled out from under you and you're not picking six anymore, your initial reaction is, what the fuck? But then you think about it a little bit more. And I'm going to go into the details of the trade here real quick again. If you're listening to this pod, more than likely you know. But just for a point of reference, we now walk away with San Francisco's 12th overall pick in this year's draft. Okay? We also get the Miami Dolphins' fourth rounder this year, which – ends up being the 123rd overall pick, fourth rounder in this year's draft. Additionally, Miami's first rounder in next year's draft, the Dolphins' first rounder next year. Miami in return gets our sixth uh, overall pick this year, fifth rounder in this year's draft, 156 overall. And, you know, for point of reference to complete what the trade was, the Niners get the Dolphins' third overall pick. So it was a three-team deal. Now, you have to take a step back and initially take the emotion out of it when you see something like this, right? Because, you know, shock and things of that nature uh, will allow you to react one way until you you get your bearings and you look at it and go, okay, not the worst thing in the world. If anything, it's probably a good move long-term, right? At least that's the way I looked at it. So, <clears throat> first thing that came to mind was prior to this deal, the Eagles did not have a fourth rounder in this year's draft. That was, I believe, from Jannard Avery. Uh, you know, the trade with Cleveland a few years ago. Did not have a fourth rounder, but now, after this deal, we do. 123rd overall, as I said, from the Miami Dolphins. The Eagles did not, no picks were lost in this trade. No picks were lost. We don't have any less picks in this year's draft now. As a matter of fact, we gained one. Miami's first rounder next year. We're still have the most tied with Minnesota, I believe, 11 picks in this year's draft. That's huge. You make this deal, you trade back six slots, yeah, sure. 
but you do not lose any picks. Adding that fourth rounder is a big deal, man. It may not seem that way right now, but that's a pick and a piece that could potentially make a you know a, a considerable difference when you consider the rebuild that's about to happen on this roster. You know, that is to go, you know, from the third round to the hundred you know, the fifth round, not having a pick in the fourth round, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So you get that fourth rounder back. It's a huge help. That's a nice piece to get back. And at the end of the day, you only move back six slots in the draft in the first round. And to me, I've said this before on this pod. I probably would not have traded out of the top 10. But this was before knowing that you have a deal like this on the table. If if I know at the end of the day, okay, I'm moving back six spots. At the end of the day, okay, yes, I want Jamar Chase. Yes, I want Kyle Pitts. And either one of those guys, in theory, should go a long way towards accelerating the rebuild of this team. If I know for a fact that I'm getting another first-rounder in next year's draft. So regardless of whatever happens in Indianapolis, I've got multiple ones in next year's draft. That's a big deal. That, you're going to catch my ear with that. For that, I'm willing to move out of the out of the top ten a little bit. I'm not moving way, 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 way back into the first round. I'm not moving to the – even to the teens, the late teens, or the early to mid-20s. I'm not picking where the playoff teams are picking. I'm moving back, you know, just outside the top ten. Not the worst thing in the world. And again, if everything goes a certain way with Carson, you get three first-rounders in next year's draft. That is huge. That is huge. And it, it, it remains to be seen whether or not those picks are all going to be packaged to go and get a guy like Deshaun Watson, depending on what ends up happening with him and these accusations that are out there on him or Russ Wilson or whomever it may be. I would like to think that that's not going to be the case and you take these two first-rounders, possibly, potentially, hopefully three first-rounders, and that, in terms of a rebuild, if Howie doesn't Howie, that right there goes a long way in rebuilding this roster. Three first-rounders, if you nail, if you get one of them right, if you nail one, if you get a starter out of the other one, and even saying that you do get a bust in there or a bit of a dud, man, that like that goes a long way. And then you still have your two, your three, and so on and so forth. That's huge. That's huge. So that was my first reaction was, holy shit, we just turned Nate Sudfeld in that game in week 17 into a first rounder in next year's draft. Right? Because if if Jalen Hurts stays in that game against Washington in week 17, you know, and Peterson doesn't yank him and ultimately costs himself his job, it's very possible that we do win that game the way it was going. And then you're not picking sixth. Overall, you're not picking that high just outside the top five. Then you're picking closer to, you know, where we're at now. This trade doesn't happen and net you back a first rounder in next year's draft 
and a fourth rounder in this year's draft. Again, that is important. It's not as sexy as the first rounder, but it's important. You don't get all that if you're picking ninth, 10th, 11th, right around where we're picking at now at 12. That doesn't happen. You're picking as high as you are at six, which is as a result of the the blatant tank job. I don't give a shit what Doug Peterson says. It was obvious. Throwing that game and putting Nate Sudfeld in there just brought this team back a fourth round pick this year that you know this this team did not have and a first rounder next year's draft. That is huge. So you take a little bit of embarrassment on the chin and you net yourself back an asset to rebuild this team and hopefully accelerate climbing out of this depressing abyss that has been going on. And the initial reaction amongst the fan base was predictable. I, you, you saw it coming from a mile away. You know, once you kind of think about it, and I processed it myself, my thought process, man, I know Eagles fans are going to be fucking pissed about this. And lo and behold, they were, right? Because now it's basically going to be impossible at 12. Jamar Chase is not going to be there at 12. I, Kyle Pitts is not. These people that think Kyle Pitts is going to fall to 12, I, I would bet – a significant amount of money that's not going to happen. If he does fall to 12, fucking A. But I don't think it happens, right? So now you've costed yourself Kyle Pitts, and you've definitely costed yourself Jamar Chase, which is Jamar Chase is the guy that this fan base wanted, right? There's already people out there that were, you know, mocking him up in Eagles uniforms and the whole nine. That's what you saw with Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. We have to take Jamar Chase. It just reminded me of the correlation between Justin Jefferson last year. Because Justin Jefferson was the guy last year that everybody wanted. He was in the, the guy in all the mock drafts. He had the the big year at LSU with Joe Burrow and, you know, the national championship. So eyes were on him as they were Jamar Chase in 2019 because he was the other huge receiver on that LSU team with Joe Burrow, that national championship undefeated team. That's an historical college football team, that 2019 LSU Tiger squad. And again, you had Justin Jefferson out there. That's the guy everybody wanted. Fell in the Eagles lap last year. How he opted to go with Jalen Rager and pitchforks followed. Same thing this year with Jamar Chase. Everybody decided, this Eagle, this fan base decided Jamar Chase is the guy we have to have. That's the guy we want. He's the guy. He's this year's Justin Jefferson. And now when you know you're not going to get him, all hell breaks loose. Everybody is pissed. And, again, I understand it. I totally get it. But when you look at wide receivers just in recent history – that were picked in the in the top ten. I'm not talking first round receivers, right? If you look at first of all, you know who's to say that that you know one of these guys, a Jalen Waddle, or and I'm not as big on him as most people are, but a Devontae Smith, he could very easily be there at twelve. Okay, Jalen Waddle, if he tw- falls to twelve, I'm doing backflips, but. And you don't know. I Again, I would guarantee almost that Jamar Chase is not going to fall to 12. That's not going to happen. But last year, everybody also thought Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb were going to go in the top 10 last year. And, you know, a lot of people flip-flop which one they had as 1A, 1B amongst those two. You know, and Ruggs was kind of the third one. Those were the big three. 
they both went outside of the top 10. Judy went 15 to Denver, and then CeeDee Lamb went a couple picks later to Dallas in the spite pick despite us. So, because Mike Mayock thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and, and passed on them both and took Henry Ruggs first as the first receiver off the board. So you never, it doesn't mean, again, is Jamar Chase going to be there at 12? No. But Jalen Waddle could be. Devontae Smith could be, and I'm not even that big on him. I would have been not thrilled if Howie Roseman calls or Roger Goodell calls Devontae Smith's name at number six when that's where we were picking. But now at 12, it becomes way more reasonable to me to take a guy like Devontae Smith. If if this past year's most electric wide receiver in college football, the Heisman Trophy winner, if he falls to 12, then he falls to 12 because guys like Jamar Chase are gone, like Kyle Pitts are gone. The better players, the guys that I believe are going to be better pros, have gone before him, so he is still there. Now it makes sense. I don't think you take a Devontae Smith over Jamar Chase or over Kyle Pitts. I don't think you do that. So that's why I say it's six. Fuck no. But at 12, I'm a little more willing to roll the dice on him. And that can very well happen. Again, you don't know how these drafts are going to play. There's always unpredictability in every draft. Guy, teams moving around, moving up to get guys that they fall in love with. There's always movement, right? There's always somebody that falls a little further than you think they were going to fall. I remember last year when Jerry Judy fell all the way to 15. I was like, Jesus Christ, I in a million years wouldn't have thought that. Right? So you never know. But looking at the top 10 receivers, or excuse me, receivers that have been drafted in the top 10 in recent years, you've got guys like A.J. Green, like Julio Jones, like Mike Evans. There's guys like that that, yeah, pan out – end up having great careers, you know, Hall of Famers in some instances. Um, and and they're a cornerstone of a franchise for the better part of a decade, right? You do get that. That is possible, okay? But there's also guys like Kevin White. There was picked uh, seventh overall by Chicago, 2015, I believe it was. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, all three of those guys went in the top 10 in 2017, the year the draft was in Philly. Corey Davis went five. Mike Williams went seven. John Ross went ninth to Cincinnati. John Ross isn't even on the Bengals anymore. He just signed a one-year, $2.5 million deal with the Giants. Corey Davis signed a decent free agent deal with the Jets. They're not even with those teams anymore. The fifth and ninth overall pick in the draft. And again, I think that Jamar Chase is way better of a prospect coming out than those guys were at the time. But it's the same with every if if it does not guarantee if you take a receiver, all these people, if you if you you have to take a receiver that high, you have to if you have that you have to take him. No, you really don't. Even if you stay at six, you don't have to take Jamar Chase. A couple weeks ago when we did the big board, I had Panay Sewell first over at, at the top of my big board. That's where I'd go. But Again, I'm not Howie Roseman, so it doesn't fucking matter. But I'm just saying as a reference point, you know, in all likelihood, yes. Everybody that the pundits and everybody, if you watch tape, Jamar Chase has all the makings of a guy that is going to be a stud in this league. High draft pick in your fantasy league for years to come. He should be great. But again, it does not... 
the worst thing in the world to come from this transaction is not the fact that we're not getting Jamar Chase. That is not the worst part of it. I do not like that we are now picking behind Dallas and the Giants. Two teams in your division that you're vying for, you know, division titles with every year. Now you are picking right behind both of them. The Giants pick uh, at 11, Dallas picks at 10. So where now you were at six, you were picking the first. You were the first team on the clock in the NFC East. Now you're the third and you're the worst. So Dallas picks 10, Giants pick 11, we're sitting at 12. Okay, and we've seen Jerry, plastic-ass Jerry, will spite pick to mess with the birds and other teams in the division, right? So that aspect of it I don't like. But the biggest bother to me coming out of this deal is that reportedly Howie Roseman had made an effort to move up to the third pick in the draft to take Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. The same day that everybody raved about his pro day. Now, let me tell you something about pro days. And again, mostly, you know, a pro day is to me, I don't, there's so much value for some reason. People place value on these pro days and people that make good throws. They're scripted workouts, no pads on, no defenders coming after you, nothing. You could not be more comfortable at your pro day. Right, They do everything they can to make sure you're comfy so that you look good. That's the mission statement. right? And yes, there's pressure because there's NFL teams there and NFL scouts that are watching you, but you're not under duress if you're Zach Wilson, if you're quarterback. Again, if you look at guys that have had great pro days in histories, Jamarcus Russell killed it at his pro day. How did that end up? Okay, this pro day thing, get the hell out of here. But take that out of consideration. Maybe it was it was just a timing thing that it happened to fall on the same day that people are throwing around the Zach Wilson throw from his pro day all over IG and Twitter and going nuts over it. But you just had, if you're Howie Roseman, the owner reportedly told you, I'd love to build around Jalen Hurts, build around him. You just traded – a guy away that you guaranteed $109 million to, and then you drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round to run him out of town. And now I want you to build around Jalen Hurts, and you created this entire shitstorm, and now you're going to try and trade up in the draft to take another quarterback. This quarterback factory thing, this obsession that Howie Roseman has about, and again, I'm all for you bringing competition everywhere that you can. That is how you maximize people get better that way. I, I, I'm all for it. But you can't keep spending high draft picks on quarterbacks and expect stability. You can't do it. And if you're now going to give up assets to go up and get a guy and and you're told no, you know, so, ah, fuck it, we'll move back. Oh, man, it's just, it's a bipolar express. And in the process... Howie basically, you know, after, okay, we trade Carson to get him out of here. Now the quarterback controversy, all the drama around the quarterback position is gone, right? No, wrong, because by trading up for Zach Wilson or attempting to, you now have basically effectively started another quarterback controversy by trying to move up, and you've tipped your hand 
that you're not sold on Jalen Hurts because you don't try and move up. You don't try and give up assets, especially in a rebuild. You don't give up assets to move up and get a quarterback if you're sold on the one you got even for a season. He can't help himself. He cannot help himself. So Jalen Hurts beats the Saints this year, and all hell breaks loose, right? Because you beat one of the best defenses in the league with the backup quarterback, you know, that had, this offense has struggled to get a goddamn first down, let alone score points. Jalen Hurts comes out, beats the Saints. Yay, oh, my God, the spark. And and now it's let's get rid of Carson. <laughs> so then you fire Doug Peterson to appease Carson Wentz because they want to keep Carson. Then wait, no, let's trade Carson. And now we want to commit to Jalen Hurts. Let's build around him for a year. Build, build around him, Howie, please. No, wait, let's trade up for Zach Wilson. This this guy. And then, no, okay, that's not going to work, so let's trade down. How, how, you got to have, you have to have stability in, in it, you have to in a front office. And that used to be one of the things that I was proudest as an Eagles fan was it was top to bottom, you know, pre-Super Bowl. It wasn't, it okay, there wasn't the hardware, the trophy case, but you had a cohesive vision. At least it felt that way. Now it's clear Novacare complex is a disaster. You've got pockets of people that believe in Jalen Hurts, and you've got the GM over here who's been given trust by the owner that for whatever reason, he just cannot let go of Howie Roseman. Hey, and you know, he trusts him, and then he tries to go and move up. The guy can't help himself because he can't do what he wants to in free agency and go make you look at his moves there. He can't be transaction happy in free agency because, as we've talked about, he has hamstrung this cap situation so much that he can't do anything. And Howie Roseman hates nothing more than not making a move, not making a transaction. So, therefore, because he can't go out in free agency and make a big splash, I have to trade up for the quarterback in this draft that is seen as the best quarterback on the board that is not Trevor Lawrence. I have to. I have to make a move. He's like a kid with, what do you say, like ants in the pants. He can't, he just can't sit still. He can't help himself. He wants so bad for you to talk about him. And the moves he makes and the damn hole he keeps digging this roster into because he just, he can't help himself. He can't. (laughs) And to make matters worse, Albert Breer reported the reason Howie Roseman moved back, right? This is, of course, after, you know, we, hey, he tried to move up to get Zach Wilson, so now we have to assuage the fact that he moved back because he looks like a fucking idiot that he is, right? The reason, reportedly, that he moved back in the draft is because Howie Roseman, genius that he is, is convinced that Jamar Chase, this year's Justin Jefferson, the hot name, He's convinced, Howie Roseman is, that Jamar Chase doesn't fall past Cincinnati at five. So, and again, when you look at the result of the trade that he made, I'm on board. I'm not talking about all the other, the 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 dysfunction that swirls around, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking purely the transaction. I am on board. 
I'm on board. And I've flipped on Howie, but I will give him props here. I think acquiring that first rounder next year and possibly making it three and that fourth rounder this year was a good move. I will give him that. But to move back because you think that a player is not going to be there for you before actually getting to the draft and seeing is asinine. How many times do you see, okay, even hypothetically on draft night, and you don't know how it's going to play out. No, you don't. I will give you that. You don't know what teams are going to move up for quarterbacks. If the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson at number two and and punt on Sam Darnold, you don't know what's going to happen from one to five. You don't. But, and Joe Burrow has come out now and said for Cincinnati and advocated, yeah, I'd love to be reunited with Jamar Chase. But at the end of the day, Joe Burrow had his ACL torn because he had no offensive line in front of him. To me, nothing makes more sense for the Cincinnati Bengals than to take Panay Sewell at five. That said, there is an argument to be made if you're Cincinnati. Take Jamar Chase, take the high-end playmaker, pair him with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. There is decent O-line depth at the top of this draft. When we pick at the top end of the second round, we can get a guy that we can kind of put in and plug in on that line because the Bengals have signed Riley Reef. They've made moves in the offseason. So their offensive line, Riley Reef is an upgrade over fucking Bobby Hart, who they had starting a tackle for them last year. So again, that it's not a lock that they take Panay Sewell. I know I would if he's there because you invent, you've got a generational quarterback in Joe Burrow and he's blown his ACL out in his first year. You protect him. That's what I would do is take the generational left tackle, make sure your investment's protected. Don't make him hate his life and want to Deshaun Watson the fuck out of there. But that being said, you don't know that <laughs> – Jamar Chase is going to be gone at five. You have no idea. And even if you do, to move back based solely off that, so you're telling me there is nobody else on the big board that – so you're t- Jamar Chase, if I'm Howie Roseman, there's Jamar Chase and then there's 10 feet of just shit and then picks up everybody else on the big board. You don't have anybody else you know, close to Jamar Chase. They're right there in the same tier, the same category. Right there, you don't. It's just Jamar Chase or bust. I love Jamar Chase. I had him, too, on my big board, and we put it out a couple weeks ago. But, Jesus Christ, if you, this is not if you leave the draft without Jamar Chase that it's all hell breaks loose. It's not. So, I just, to move back based off of thinking that one guy might be gone, I think it might be a PR move. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the reasoning is. I have no idea why how he does any of the stupid shit he does anymore. But I just found that to go, man, everything that's coming out of this organization now, the front office, from trying to trade up to Zach Wilson to trading back because no Jamar Chase, it just seems there is no there's no cohesion. There's no it's nothing but dysfunction and just a clusterfuck. There is no vision anymore, it seems like. It's just we're going to do in the moment whatever feels right. There is no big picture goal anymore. There isn't. We just do whatever suits us at the moment if you're Howie Roseman. And then I'll I'll figure it out because clearly he's so great at figuring everything out on the fly. That's why we're in the position we're in. And I it worries me that... You know, a couple years ago when you start thinking about, you know, and Doug Peterson when he said the new norm and the Super Bowls and the culture and, you know, we're all we got, we all we need. Malcolm Jenkins, 
these guys going from that and and feeling like man we have something that people want to come be a part of to now it feels like how he's so transaction happy that like this this could potentially ruin the uh, the the possibility of guys wanting to come play here for this team they might go if there if there's somebody with options why I mean, if there's somebody that doesn't care about money, once the cap space gets worked out and how he can start flinging money at guys again, terrible contracts, then okay, you can buy somebody with a terrible contract. I mean, it fucks the team, but whatever. You can get a guy there, that's a splashy move, that's what Howie likes. Even though I will say that again, he's been decent in free agency for the most part, save for his last couple years. But you, when you send this message out there that there is no stability in this organization, you don't have a vision from one day to the next that, that what you want to do. The owner's saying, hey, build around the quarterback, and you're going out here trying to trade up for one? People just saw what you did to Carson Wentz and, and, and creating, stirring up a quarterback controversy there. Then you've got a guy like Jalen Hurts that has been working his ass off and saying all the right things and doing all the right things. To, to lead this team this year wherever it may go. Wherever it may go. And then you go, you know what? I'm not even going to give him a year. I'm going to go get another guy because shiny new toy. And I want my move to be on the cover to Daily News in the Inquirer because I've got to grab the headlines away from the Flyers sucking right now and baseball season about to start and the Sixers being a hot team in the NBA despite Embiid's injury. I have to take the headlines away from that and make it about me and the move I made. I have to go get the shiny new toy because that's what I do is Howie Roseman. It's the same reason Jalen Hurts was here. Because he couldn't help himself but have people talk about the shit that he's done. And if he keeps it up, nobody's going to want to come here until Howie is gone. I don't know why Jeff Lurie has not identified that he is the issue. Clearly, this guy has gotten so far derailed he does not know day-to-day anymore operationally what he wants to do, the direction of this franchise, and that, more than anything, is a problem. I can get past not having Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase alone isn't going to get us a second Lombardi this year. Jamar Chase alone is not going to have this team be 10-6, and 11-5, win the division and lose in the divisional round and go on a nice little playoff run. Jamar Chase alone is not going to do that. The bigger problem has nothing to do with Jamar Chase and has everything to do with Howie Roseman not being able to help himself and going out here just haphazardly and throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks and having no plan at all beyond whatever his whim is at the moment. That, to me, is clear after these last 72, 96 hours. What are your thoughts on this weekend, Uh, the crazy happenings and the news and everything else we've had dumped in our laps? Do you agree? Do you disagree? How do you feel about it? Again, like I said, the end result of the transaction, give me those three ones all day, every day, next year. I can get past no Jamar Chase, but – what I can't get past is if these are packaged to go do something else or whatever, you know, his whim of the day is and and three first rounders and the, you know, the awesome that could come with it. And again, at the end of the day, he'd probably be the ones making the picks because Jeff Lurie will never get rid of him. So, you know, how awesome will they be? But again, still, you at least he, he can be a volume shooter there 
with three ones as opposed to one. There's you know a better chance you at least get somebody good with three than one. Uh, and hopefully Howie couldn't even screw that up. But, you know, we'll wait to be seen. There's a lot to be done between this year's draft and next year's draft, 2022. And we hopefully do have those three first-rounders. In the meantime, it is officially one month away from the NFL draft. A lot of draft talk coming your way over the next month. Can't wait to talk about it with you. If you want to be active with me draft talk-wise when, you know, it's it's not Monday, it's not pod day, give me a follow on Instagram at Podcast. I'm also over on Twitter, at Greased Pole Pod. Let's brace ourselves and see what the next seven days will bring us. I'm sure it'll be something fun as Howie Roseman's uh, shit keeps trickling out, and we'll pick up the pieces and we'll sort them out here next week. Have a good week, kids. I'll see you next week. As always, go Birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another Greased Pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.